Hey, you guys. So, I was watching this woman on YouTube. Her name is Cynthia G. And she talks about all kinds of stuff. But mainly, she criticizes black men and stuff that they do. I like her content because I am interested in that kind of content. I get annoyed with black men a lot so i like hearing what other people have to say about them it's funny sometimes and other times it just makes me think so it's cool to have uh an outlet where you can know okay other people see the same problems that i see well i was watching her and i watched this italian guy from brooklyn he talked about gone he has a newer youtube channel but um the one video where he talked about Godfrey is probably his most viewed video. Definitely his most viewed video. But anyways, they brought up some good points about Godfrey and how he's not married to a black woman, has no black children, but is being a hypocrite about that ad with a black woman and a white man. <clears throat> the white guy brought up how actually, no, black guys didn't start interracial dating because in Louisiana they had laws about covering black women's hair because there was so much interracial dating going on and the black slash mixed race women were cheating on their husbands their black and mixed race husbands with white men and the white men were cheating on their wives with black women this is when the spaniards of spain colonized louisiana and they colonized louisiana for about 40 years before that it was the french and then after that it was the french again And then they had the Louisiana Purchase where the French sold the Louisiana, their colony, to the United States. And it became one of our states. So that's why Louisiana is now one of the original 13 colonies because it was a French colony turned Spanish colony and then French colony until it was sold to be an American state. Louisiana still to this day has a pretty big French influence, although not as much. It becomes less and less every day. There are very few people who still speak Louisiana Creole and Cajun, but most people, everybody speaks English and most people don't speak um, Louisiana Cajun or Creole like they used to but back then they still did there was still a strong French influence and when the French had colonized Louisiana they had black codes and rules and regulations as to how you treat black people or the negro codes or whatever they were called and um, the laws were set up that way because they were Catholic and they believed that they needed to be humane towards their enslaved people and their free people of color so for example if you had a kid if a white man had a kid with one of his slaves he could free that child there were certain laws and regulations as far as that's concerned and um they could have like i i don't know how to say it a platage or placage or however you say it it's in french and basically it was a girlfriend that was black or native american or mixed race with all three black white native american black native american black white white native american any of that combination they could be with someone like that before they got married because there were not a lot of european women in louisiana for at first for a long time and um 
after that, because of their rules and regulations and how inclusive they were, they ended up, even during Spanish rule, even though they had different laws, they were still having these interracial relationships. And they had this law where women of color, free women of color, as they were referred to at that time, had to cover up their hair. And I'm sure the enslaved women had to cover up their hair too because they said their hair was too attractive because the and there's not a lot of photographs of how their hair looked because they didn't have photos at the time. And um, the paintings, they may have been destroyed if they ever even existed. Uh, paintings were expensive. So there's not a lot of um, visuals of how they did their hair and how they looked. The women of color, that is. But there is written documentation about how they would have their hair with feathers in it. They would have, like, um, birds in it. Like, the ta- I think it's called tapestry bird. You know, stuffed birds. And they would have their hair down. They would have their hair with braids. They would have their hair up. And we all know how black women do our hair nowadays in very elaborate styles that are very attractive. So I'm sure back then it was either the same or maybe even better looking. But anyways, they thought that their hair, braids, twists, (laughs) coils, kinks, curls, you know, they thought that it looked too beautiful and sexy so they had them to cover their hair but black women we also wear scarves as a part of our culture and sometimes we can wear scarves that look haggard and terrible but other times when we want to we can make our scarves look really good and beautiful as well which is what happened and people actually found that to be even more beautiful because when a scarf is tied up very nicely and I've seen paintings of black women with scarves and that look very nice and I've seen black women wearing scarves in real life that look nice but of course I've seen them where they don't look very nice so I get the point but depending on how you tie a scarf a scarf can also be very beautiful and these women would tie their scarves in a way that was beautiful and it would pull their eyes back and make their skin look smoother and make them look even prettier so they kept having a relation interracial relationships and that's just within the state of Louisiana that same thing happened all over the country and all over the world especially in places like Latin America and many different colonies in Africa in Cape Verdea that was a big deal uh if that's how you say it most Cape Verdean people like Benzino uh and Corey LaRae his daughter they if you look at them, they're West African, but they don't look like most West Africans. They look biracial because that's what they are. They are both white and black because, for example, Benzino has green eyes because of his European ancestors, because of the interracial relations they had. In Sicily, there was a lot of that. So it's a big history of white men going to black countries and sleeping with black women and of course during slavery that was done and it wasn't consensual ever because a slave can't say no even if they want to so even if they enjoyed it it still wasn't consensual because of the power dynamic but it still it was consensual on the white man's behalf maybe not on the black woman but definitely the white man was not being raped so it's not like black men are the first men to date outside of their race. They're absolutely not. And they're not the men who do it the most. White men are. And that's been documented globally. 
um, whether it be in different countries in Africa, the Americas, which is North South America and the Caribbean, or even in Asia in places like India. It's been documented all over the world where white men have dated interracially and either completely changed the way that a group of people look or completely gotten rid of a group of people. Like in Argentina, for example, the average Argentinian person is white. They're fully white. In Venezuela, there are quite a lot of white people, but not all of them are white. But in Argentina, the overwhelming majority of Argentinians are white people. And that is due in part because of race mixing done by white men. So it, it is something that has been done by white men many, many, many times. So if I'm going free to say that black men started it, that's not at all true. Even the law that allowed black men in this country to date interracially was started because a white man petitioned the Supreme Court to be able to date interracially after many black men had already done it, had petitioned, but they were ignored. This white man was not ignored. So um, it's interesting that he would say that. And then um, Cynthia G, to bring it to Cynthia G, she had this white guy, Brian, come on her show and give his honest opinion about white about black men and he said that black men were a nuisance and that they weren't very smart and that they weren't doing the right thing and black men were offended by that so they cursed out Cynthia G instead of cursing out Brian but I do have to agree with Brian and everybody who said bad things about black men because it's all true and I one thing I will say when I see what's going on online with Kevin Samuels and other black men that are getting popular. I don't watch Kevin Samuels because I just don't feel the need to. But I see a lot of commentary on him and things that he said and things like that. And I will say online, I see a lot of black men expressing themselves. And I want to talk about how I got into the whole black sector YouTube. So when I was in high school, I when I was a kid, I saw the movie Malcolm X and I just became woke or as we said back then conscious. Then I read the book. Most of it. I don't think I ever read the last chapter, but I read most of it. And then I did a, um, I'm trying to remember. And then I I started reading other articles online, which articles online were hard to find back then. You had to Google everything and um, there wasn't that much on Google, but anyways, I, I did a lot of research on Malcolm X. I was a big fan of his. Madam C.J. Walker, big fan of hers. And I just did a lot of research on different African Americans of the 20th century, pretty much. And some from the 19th century. So 1800s and 1900s. And um, after doing that research, what I realized is that... OMG, everything was all white people's fault. And um, as I got older, I had moved out of my mom's place and moved in with my aunt. And I didn't want to watch cable. I found cable boring. I was working as a home health aide and I had a lot of time on my hands. So I would just watch videos on YouTube. And I got into the celebrity gossip 
YouTube because I like celebrity gossip and I like watching music videos and and daily vlogs and things like that. So, anyways, I started getting into that and then I started getting these hotel videos recommended to me and Illuminati conspiracy videos I would look into. Mostly all the Illuminati conspiracy videos ended up being true. Everything they said was true. Um, the pedophile rings was the most true. Jeff Bezos ended up getting arrested. Or what's his name? Jeff Bezos? Or what? Not Jeff Bezos. That's the Amazon guy. What's his name? Uh, Jeff Epstein. That's who it was. Jeff Epstein ended up getting arrested. And um, a lot of things just ended up coming out into the open. But um, Pizzagate, all that. So that was interesting. But... You know, when I started looking into the black sector YouTube, I was watching black women doing uh, travel vlogs. Or not travel vlogs, but black women in different countries. Jamie and Nikki and different women who were black who were living and thriving and doing well in different parts of the world. Because I couldn't travel because I didn't have any money. Even though I was working a ton of hours a week. I was working like 50. I was working like 49 hours a week, but it wasn't enough because of the type of job I had. So my aunt would always be like, oh, do this job, do that job, you know. But I never ended up getting into it. And it is what it is. But I ended up moving out of my aunt's house and moving into, um, moving to upstate New York. And, you know, it's a long story from there. But I mentioned all these different things because I stayed in my aunt's house for a while and I was on YouTube. I really, really liked social media. And social media was like life. I was just always on there. And so I got sucked into the black sector of YouTube because I'm black. And I wanted to learn more. And I wanted to um, learn more about my community and get like some type of guidance. But what ended up happening was the black sector of YouTube ended up being very pro-black male and anti-black woman which I didn't know nor suspect at first because I'm growing up with black dad black grandfather black brothers and they're not the greatest people but I grew up with a lot of black cousins uncles I just grew up around a lot of black men and women and so I didn't grow up with uh, a ton of black guys just hating me even if we weren't that close it wasn't a bad relationship so I didn't think that a lot of black guys just had these really negative harsh feelings towards black women until I went online and I see this commentary and then I read I hear like shady comments and then I'd go into the comments section and see super super rude racist comments against black women from black men and so I would reply and, you know, defend black women because that's what I am. And they would just attack me and try to compete with me and act like they were better than me and just act like I was just a piece of trash and everyone else in the world was better than me, including them. Like they were on everyone else's level and it's only us on the bottom. Instead of it being black men and black women working together because we're both on the bottom compared to us compared to other women and them compared to other men. 
they felt like, well, no, we're at the same level as everyone else. And it's just you on the bottom. And you're the one causing all the problems. And nobody likes you. Which wasn't true and didn't even make any sense. And still doesn't. But that was the rhetoric that was being pushed at the time. And this is before YouTube got sold to Google. And this is before YouTube had massive censorships. And before you had to log in to create an account. And before you had to um, speak in codes in the comment section and on videos. And so people were calling people bad wench, coon, um, ugly. They still call you bitter, angry, undesirable. Um, They were like, oh, my life is perfect. Only you have problems. Stuff like that. And... It was like a lot of cyberbullying. And um, when I'd watch the videos, it'd be like, okay, they're saying all these things that are true. But what about this other stuff? And I noticed, especially with Tariq Nasheed, he would always make videos about bedwinch, bedwinch, bedwinch. And I was like, you know, it's kind of harsh to say bedwinch because those bedwinches were slaves that were forced to have sex with these men. You shouldn't be that's like saying rape victim rape victim rape victim like that's disrespectful to rape victims you know rape victim is not a should not be a stigmatized term it shouldn't be like you're making fun of somebody by saying that they're a sex slave being a sex slave is a serious thing so i thought that was disrespectful to the ancestors and what they went through in part but also i thought hmm you know, he never said anything about the guys who date out. And then he would flip back and forth and say, oh, it's only if you're dating out and you're like a sellout. But then he would get mad at black women, even if they were really nice people and they dated out. But he would never really get mad at black men at all unless they did something to him that he didn't like. And then he would sort of throw it at them. So it was a lot of hypocrisy. And then he would talk about generational wealth when a black guy would get some money, but they would always have a white wife, and he wouldn't say how that's taking out from the black community. But if a black woman did it, it was. And then he would brag about being with white women and mixed women, <laughs> the products of white men. So I just thought there was a lot of hypocrisy, and then I called it out, and they started saying, oh, look, this is Cynthia G., look at Cynthia G., and I didn't know who Cynthia G. was. So I looked her up. And she was sort of like rebuttal. <clears throat> she was countering a lot of the, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of the arguments that he was making. And her side made a lot more sense to me. But she was still pretty pro-black at the time. And Chrissy was still pretty pro-black. Most of the black women were pretty pro-black, but including myself. But after a while, seeing how black men are, because they're more honest on the internet than they are in real life black men are and what i realize is they're kind of cowardice in real life because the stuff that they say on the internet they most of them don't say in real life they really don't like i've never heard someone call someone a bed winch in the real world i've never heard someone say black women are on the bottom and unwanted in the real world and if you do hear that it's so rare that you would think 
it was an anomaly because it's so rare, but on the internet, it's so common. So the internet made black men more bold to really speak their mind and be honest about who they are and how they feel and how they think. So because of that, they're able to really um, be their true selves on the internet, which I think is a good thing because to go back to when I was younger, about 10 years ago, because I'm 31, so I was in a women and gender studies class when I was like 21 or 20. So about 10, 11 years ago, I was in my women and gender studies course in college and feminism at that time was still very middle class white women centered but they did talk a lot about middle eastern women and what I noticed is most of the black women really didn't care about the class they said we think this is more of a white women's thing and that's because it was so white women centered but also they didn't care much about it because it was so centered on arranged marriage Mind you, in the U.S., black women don't even have a high marriage statistic. But no one was focused on that and still aren't. Because it's okay to be unhappy and unmarried, but it's not okay to be unhappy and married to a lot of these feminists. So that was an issue that wasn't really addressed. But at that time, you couldn't really address it because black women didn't fully know what black men were thinking because black men don't really say what they're thinking in the real world they say it online so that's that's one thing and also one thing that I noticed is um you know they focused on Arabic women having to be covered but they never focused on black women feeling pressure to get surgery or to dance sexy or to put ourselves out there more to get attention but they would focus on Arabic women having to be more covered to get respect. Um, They would focus on Arab women, like female circumcision and stuff like that, but they never focused on black women or black girls' sexual assault rates. So we would have very similar issues, but on the opposite end of the spectrum. But they would focus on the Middle East, but not focus on what's going on right here in the United States. And I found that so interesting because it's like, you could focus all the way on the Middle East, but not here in the United States. Why? And I think a part of it is because of the pushback that black women would have given. But to be fair, Middle Eastern women gave pushback too, but they still talked about it. I also think it's just because the, the, the differences were so striking you could clearly see it was a different culture so it was easier to talk about some of it was also white supremacist ideals of you do things differently than I do so therefore there's something wrong with you I do think that was a part of it and also I think a part of it was that they just um didn't care as much as what about what black women were going through Um, Like, we're just supposed to suffer. But anyways, the biggest part of it was I don't think they fully knew. Because I don't even think black women fully knew to what extent black men were doing a lot of these things on purpose, on their own recognizance. And not because they were being manipulated by anybody else. But now, because of social media and black men being so empowered by it and being so emboldened 
with the with their words on social media i think that it puts a spotlight on what they're doing and how it's their own fault and no one else's fault and so bring it back to malcolm x you know when i was a kid and a teen and a 20 something i thought malcolm x was just the truth everything he said was just correct and he was just this victim and he had figured it out but it's kind of like the hero story like why all the superhero movies are so popular because it's so easy there's a hero and there's a villain and the hero always wins and even if the hero doesn't win you know and it's so easy to digest and people like that because it's kind of like the animal kingdom there's the predator and there's the prey but in the human kingdom our societies are way more complex you don't always know who's friend or foe you don't always know when you're under attack and life is just way more complicated than black and white which is what they made it out to be during the civil war and during the civil rights movement but in reality in today's world and even back then in the 1960s black people were and still are our own problem it isn't that the white man did all these things to us you can even look at liberia and how african americans went to liberia and enslaved the Africans that were already there, but many African Americans were sold into slavery by Native Liberians as well. So it goes both ways. And a lot of the times when it comes to black culture, what the issue is from where I see it is not what white men are doing. It's not what Asian men are doing. It's not what any other group of men are doing. When black men complain about not having submissive women in North Africa, Arabic men are marrying black women and that submission is not an issue. In Europe, white men are marrying black women, submission is not an issue. In Asia, Asian men are marrying black women, submission is not an issue. And the same can be said about the Americas, North and South, and everywhere else on the planet because if you want someone to submit to your authority you've got to show leadership and if you want someone to respect you you have to be respectable and you have to be responsible and you have to earn their respect but most black men choose not to do that instead they choose to try and bully their way into being respected and respect doesn't work like that And many of them just refuse to accept that. So they're not being respected. And I think it's unfortunate because who wants to be disrespected? No one. But at the same time, you can't expect for people to just bend over backwards for you just because you're a man. Respect is earned after all. And I don't think that most black men are willing to accept the fact that until they decide that they want to change their behaviors they're going to continue having negative results also i don't think that most black men are open to criticism but what i've noticed within the past year of cynthia g's channel is that more white people are clearly commenting in her comments just yesterday i saw one white woman saying I have begged my friends to date out, begged my black female friends to date out, and they refused. 
Another white guy said, white men do date black women. The Spaniards, the Italians, the Portuguese, the Cubans, the Russians, the Ukrainians. He said all of these, oh, the Turkish. He said all of these groups of people that I had heard of before actually dating black women. And it was interesting to me because it, what he said was true, but he just said it in an order where it was so free-flowing that it, it really did make me believe that that was him and his thumbnail. Because that's really true, and I have seen that. So he was a white guy saying, you know, don't listen to these black guys. A lot of men do date black women. Also, another white guy, and these are three different kinds of white people. One white woman who's friends with black women. One white man who's a foreigner who dates black women and who knows people who do. Another one who is white and he said he was a social justice warrior and he stood up for black men throughout the years but he is now gonna have to be honest with himself and others and say black men have abandoned their women and that's one of the biggest problems many conservatives have said the issue is black men not taking care of their kids and not getting married and many people on the left are starting to say that too because as we have things like juneteenth as we have things like reparations being talked about seriously as we have a black vice half black vice president and we recently had a half black president and more and more black politicians judges lawyers and police commissioners and district attorneys we're going to have more people who want to learn about black culture as i did how i wanted to listen to black music on the internet i wanted to watch black celebrities on the internet and then i ended up going down a rabbit hole and having all of these hotel videos recommended to me and i didn't really care for white people i'm still i'm not anti-white but at the time i was and how i was changed not by white people showing me how great they were but by black men showing me their true colors it changed me to realize that actually even though i was such a huge fan of malcolm x it wasn't white men who were the devil who killed him it was his own black friends who killed him who really didn't have to they chose to and they could blame it on the white men all they want they're the ones who pulled the trigger and they're the ones who tried to blow up his house they're the ones who stalked him and they could have just left him alone all he was doing was talking but they refused and they resorted to violence that was their choice, not anybody else's. And it was Malcolm X's own grandson, who I believe, I could be mistaken, but I believe his grandson killed Malcolm X's late wife, um, his grandmother. Malcolm X's widow was killed by her grandson, to my knowledge. And that was Malcolm X's grandson. He did that. It wasn't some little white devil boy who did it. It was his own descendant. And how can you kill your own family member? And how can you kill your own friend? This is what we do. And then you see the ways in which black men think in ways in which that don't make any sense. They say white men are so bad. White men are the devil. 
but yet they can't live without their daughters. So you can't live without something that white men create. There's not a thing in this world that you create that white men can't live without. Okay, even if you want to say African resources, well, what were black people doing with the resources before white people got there? Were black men making iPhones? No, they weren't. White men did. So it's a lot of stuff that white men can get from Africa, but it's not like they're really taking it from Africans because it's not like Africans were doing anything with it before white people used it. It's not like white people are going into black neighborhoods killing black people, by and large. That's so rare when it does happen. It's not like black pe- white people are, by and large, discriminating against white pe- black people. White people are over there, and we're over here, and we're the ones with the problems because we're the ones doing it to each other. And by and large, it's the men doing it to the other men, to the women, and to the children. 60% of black children are not victims of sexual assault because of white men. It's because of black men. Although it does, sometimes it can be because of other races of men. But the vast majority of the time, it's because of black men. And if we can never be honest about that, what exactly can we do? Because we have to be able to really have real conversations about what's really going on if we want things to actually change. And I do want things to change. So for me, I'm happy that we can actually see, okay, this is how black men really think. Because once we can't solve a problem that we doesn't that we don't know exists, if we keep blaming everything on white supremacy and that's not the actual issue, the problem will never be solved. If anything, if the white supremacists a lot of times are black men because they think white people are superior and they treat everyone who isn't white like as if they're less than and that's a problem so if you are a person who you know is going through something and you have a problem we have to figure out what is the problem then we have to analyze the problem come up with different strategies on how to solve the problem and then execute and try, try, and try again until the problem is actually solved. But you cannot do that if you don't know what you're doing first. If you have no clue what the problem is, you can't address it at all. So I don't have a problem with Kevin Samuels or any of these black guys having platforms I think it's important that they have platforms. I think they need to have platforms. I think black men need to keep talking because I think people need to hear what it is that they have to say because how can we even solve the problems that they're causing if we don't know that they're the ones that are causing it? We need to have honest conversations about who killed Malcolm X and why. There's a movie about it, but we need to not know, oh, maybe they got the wrong person. No, we need to get to the bottom of how they were thinking and why did they think like that. We need to get to the bottom of what exactly makes these people think the way they think 
And if is there anything that can be done to change their mentality? Because it's their mentality that's causing this culture that is causing them problems. And I want to leave it on this note. In North Africa, there was a time when a lot of black men were dating and mating with white and Arab women. And what happened was their kids turned out white or Arab. Those kids then enslaved black people. So dating outside of your race does not eliminate the white race. It only creates more white people. And it does not mean anything for black people in terms of generational wealth. Haley Seinfeld is a Jewish woman who's an actress and she has a father. She has a, a great-grandfather who's African-American and a grandfather who's half African-American and Filipino. She looks racially ambiguous. Her mom looks white, even though she's mixed. Her brother looks racially ambiguous and more Asian. She looks racially ambiguous and more black. But they're both, they're all racially ambiguous, but they identify as Jewish. And she dates nothing but Jewish men. All of her money and resources from her black African-American community are in the Jewish community. So when black men date outside their race, they don't help their race. They can date out if they want. They can give their wealth and resources to other races like Kanye is doing if they want. But that's not a solution to their problems. But they think it is. They think everything that they're doing is right and it's not. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't help them. But we can't get to that if we don't first know what they're thinking, to know what problems they're causing, to know what we can do to solve these problems. So my hope is that we can, you know, keep hearing these conversations and one day the next generation, maybe by the time I'm a senior citizen, who knows, maybe I'll see a day when we actually can have a real dialogue about what is going on in the black community and why are black men and women, but mostly men, causing so many problems for ourselves and then blaming it on everyone else. And what can be done to stop that? Later.